Salutations, cremations. My name's Kat Pinning, and this is Cat's Got Your Terror, a show where I tell you and a guest in my manner of death something terrifying so I'm not the only one with nightmares. My guest in the manner today is Mrs. Happily Ever After herself, Brooke Carver. Thanks for joining me today, Brooke. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so excited. And because to be here. you know you the best, I'm going to let you do an intro. I'm also a little scared I'm going to forget something because you do so many things. I will. Okay. So my name is Brooke Carver. I am Mrs. Happily Ever After on TikTok. Um, I have a podcast myself, the Love Her Wild podcast. And over there, we are all things manifestation, spiritual, healing, woo-woo, all the creepy, crawly, crazy, fun stuff that happens in the alternate dimensions. And we love it. We love to hear it. Um, so I have you today to talk about something that I find not so much terrifying, but just like a really interesting idea, which is reincarnation. And I'm going to tell you specifically about a case about a little boy named James Leiniger, who is a reincarnated World War II pilot. James Leiniger was born April 10th in 1998. He was the only child of his mother, Andrea, but number four from his dad, Bruce. And looking at interviews, he's number four because Bruce looks a wee bit older than Andrea. Not that that matters. I'm just saying that's probably why he's number four. Um, but James's story really begins in dreams. James started having nightmares at two years old and like crazy nightmares, like screaming, thrashing, punching the air. His mom said it was like something from The Exorcist. She was like, he looked like he was possessed, like just full body nightmares. Um, he And he would have them several times a week. And like when asking around, his mom was like, is this normal? And people were like, of course, little kids have nightmares. Like, don't worry about it. And his dad, um, Bruce, of course, because this is kid number four, is like, yeah, I've seen this before. Little kids have nightmares. Don't worry about it. But it's continually happening. And it happens for like three or four months. Um, and then he starts saying things in his nightmare, like out loud in his dreams, starts saying the phrases airplane crash, plane on fire, and little man can't get out. Oh. Um, when Bruce and Andrea ask uh, the name of the little man in his dreams, he responds with me, or sometimes he says James. Also, it's never really explained little man. I wonder if it's just James being self-aware and just knowing that he was a short king. But anyway, I digress. Um, also, around the time the nightmares start, he becomes fascinated with airplanes, like all airplanes, particularly from World War II. And while playing with planes one day, James looks up at Andrea and says, Mama, before I was born, I was a pilot, and my airplane got shot in the engine, and it crashed in the water, and that's how I died. Which, like, little kids don't know that stuff. And he's two. Two-year-olds don't know about death. They don't know what death means. Like, also, where do you get that when you're two? You don't. Um, when his dad asks who shot down his plane, James matter-of-factly states, the Japanese. Again, he's two. And he's like, the Japanese did it. Um, <laughs> oh, Bruce questions him further, asking him how he knew it was the Japanese. And James replies, because of the big red sun. So, like, how does, again, a two-year-old, how does he know that, like, the big red sun is the Japanese? Anyway. Again, while playing with planes, he tells them that he flew his plane off a boat and that the boat was called the Natoma. They also ask if he remembers the friend, remembers the name of any friends he had. And without hesitation, he responds with Jack Larson. So like you're asking this to you, you're like, oh, do you have any friends? Jack Larson. Like who? What? Um, and then when James is three, he starts drawing planes in great detail and in like epic battle sequences. 
So like stuff that he shouldn't be knowing. I was also watching an interview with his mom and she was saying that he would draw like these airplane crashes. And one day she was like, why don't you try draw? Why don't you try drawing like flowers or like the sunshine or like something cute? And so he drew a plane crash, but also grass with flowers. <laughs> um, and almost like he spontaneously knows how to spell his name, which also so like we said about like him articulating full sentences. What's really common in child cases of reincarnation is that they have like supernatural knowledge, like they just somehow know something that they shouldn't be knowing. Like there was a case of a little girl in India who just like all of a sudden knew how to start cooking. Like she just like went into the kitchen and was like cooking at like four years old. Um, so he somehow knows how to spell his name without anybody telling him. And he signs all of these pictures, James three. When asked why he says it's because he's the third James, which we will come back to. Um, when he gets GI Joe's for Christmas, he names them Billy, Leon and Walter. Which like, okay, you're three years old and you get G.I. Joe's and you name them Billy, Leon and Walter. And like, again, when you think about it, it was like, so when I was a kid, all of my toys were named like Aladdin and Jasmine and like, or Nala and Simba. Like it was all like characters I knew. There's nobody named Billy, Leon and Walter. Like, where do you get that? Um, And when they ask him why, James says, because that's who met me when I went to heaven. Stop. I know. Um, so Bruce starts researching the dad and he discovers that there was a small aircraft aircraft carrier stationed in the Pacific off of Iwo Jima, a small island of Japan called the USS Natoma Bay. So there was a boat in Japan called the Natoma. Um, in, two in 2002, Bruce goes to the Natoma Bay reunion and learns that there is a Jack Larson who was indeed a pilot and is alive living in Arkansas. He also learns only one pilot was killed who was stationed on the USS Natoma, and his name was James Houston the second, which would make him the third James. It's a little crazy. So James Houston was 21 from Pennsylvania and was killed in a strike against transport vessels. Houston's plane had been shot down by the Japanese exactly in the manner that little James said it was. So like his plane was shot in the engine and it went down in the water. I love this <laughs> And Jack Larson, the friend, was flying the plane next to Houston's when he was killed. So that's where the name Jack Larson comes from. He also learns, this one gets me, he also learns that Houston had three squadron mates who had been killed in a strike before that, and their names were Billy Peeler, Walter Dublin, and Leon Connor. Okay. <laughs> no. Can't not be able to... Yeah. Um, they connect with Houston's sister, Anne, his only surviving family member, and she is quickly convinced. Like, she is on record. I saw an interview where she was like, no, like, he is my brother. Um, stating that she wholeheartedly believes it because he knew specifics about her family and early childhood experiences that nobody else could know. So, um, Bruce, also the dad, commented on how during that meeting, watching James with Anne, he was just like very nurturing to her, like just always like wanted to be touching her. And then in later in an interview, James said that it was like meeting up with an old friend that like just some part of him like knew her. I know. Um, the Leinager family goes to Japan 
and holds a ceremony um, where James is playing a shot down. And um, I watched the video of that ceremony and James is like weeping. And then all of a sudden he just like stops crying. And then he says later that he just felt like so much peace that after that ceremony that they held, like just honoring James Houston, that James Leininger felt better. His nightmares stopped happening. Um, and in, two, in a 2009 news interview, James says, <clears throat> I hope it helps people understand the meaning of how precious life is, how fast it can just blow away. And I also hope it opens people's eyes up to reincarnation. It is a possibility. It is not a lie. As of 2020, the, um, I watched a documentary called Surviving Death on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever seen it. If you've never seen it, check it out. It came out in 2021. Um, and there's a specific episode called Reincarnation. And James's case is one of the cases that they talk about. Um, and in that uh, documentary, James says he can only remember the actual plane crash. And when he does, it's almost like he's experiencing it, experiencing it again. He can recall all the emotions and the thoughts of that moment. And also the feeling of dread of knowing he was about to die. So that is the reincarnation story of James Leiniger, a.k.a. James Houston, the World War II pilot. <laughs> oh, what got me was the squadron mates. Reading that, like, really, like, that's who met me. That's who met me in heaven. Which, like, I identify slightly with in the way of I was always very adamant that the reason I didn't need to say uh, goodbye to my great grandfather when he was dying was because he was going to meet me in heaven. Like, that was what I told my mom. I was like, I'll see him in heaven. Like, it's cool. Like, yeah. I I, know I mean, he's going. when my grandma died, it was the same. They tried to, like, send me to the little counselor to do the thing. And, like, how are you? And I was like, I mean, she's good. She's chill. She's in she's great. She's great. She's better than us. Yeah. Like, we're, we're cool. Um, what's so cool about telling you specifically this story was that um, normally I try to say tell people something that's going to terrify them. However, this you don't find terrifying because you have a personal connection to it. You yeah. know someone who's been who's been reincarnated. I do. It's so great. You want me to tell you yes, a scary please. story? Yeah, tell me now okay. a scary story. Um, so many many years ago, uh, probably like fifteen years ago, I was having dinner with some new friends, husband and wife, and we sit down to eat. And as we start eating, the husband starts doing this like funny thing with his food. He was like chewing in this weird way and kind of like eating strangely. And my husband at the time was like, what you, what you doing over there? Like, what's, what's that about? And he's like, oh, well, I mean, it's a long story. It's just, it's just a thing that I do. And we kind of looked at him and we were like, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, how open-minded are you? And I like get on the edge of my seat and I'm like, so open-minded, tell me everything. And he goes, well, this is a habit that I carried with me from my past life. And I was like, what? Tell me it. And he was like, yeah, I remember my most recent past life. I was my great-grandfather. And as someone that, like, grew up in the church, did all things, was always super open-minded and always kind of felt like, there's got to be a little bit more to this story. I was like, tell me everything. I want to know the whole story. Start <laughs> to finish. Not ask that question. Starting now. Reincarnation of 100%. I'm going to ask them everything. 100%. And my favorite, so my favorite, like, first, my favorite first part is... I was like, okay, is there a God? He goes, yep. And I was like, is there a heaven? And he goes, you could call it that. And I was like, okay. And I was like, hell? And he goes, you're living in it. And I was like, <gasps> interesting. Like, tell me more. So his theory is that this is boot camp for the soul. We are currently living in school or boot camp or hell 
because we come here to learn our lessons, to do all of the things, and we continue incarnating until we've learned all of our lessons, essentially. So he actually remembers a moment after being born and remembers looking around the room and feeling sadness. And he now, in his adult life, equates that to seeing his family members and thinking that he they were going to be the same age as when he left and they were all old. Oh my gosh. So oftentimes people incarnate into family lines. Mm. That makes sense. So he was his great-grandfather. At, as the great-grandfather, he was getting to the end of his life, living in a home, um, and he kind of like James only remembers the end portion of his life. So he was living in this home, was turning into this crotchety, angry old man, and decided he wanted to die, but was like afraid of dying. And so he started doing all of this research and all of the religions that believe in reincarnation and like wrote them out in a list. And he, t- I mean, he told me story after story after story about the end of his life. He died. He's now born and he remembers in this lifetime in elementary school very vividly going up to some of his friends and being like, so what were you last time? And that was the first time that he realized that his experience wasn't normal and that remembering a past life wasn't something that everyone did. And so he very quickly was like, oh, if I want to be friends with anybody, I need to just show Um, And so he never talked about it again. And it wasn't until he met his now wife and he kind of opened up to her one night and she was like, tell me you've told your parents this. Because he didn't know who he was. He just knew that he remembered being an old man. Right. And she was like, tell me you've told your mom about this. And he was like, no. And so she, very brilliantly, made him write everything down before talking to his family because she was she's very science-based and she was like, I don't want you to start changing your story for convenience. Mm-hmm. I don't want things to start getting misconstrued. So like write this all out so that we know that everything's legit, like a science experiment, and then go talk to your family. So he sits down with his mom, and at first they were like, I think we need to put you on some medication. And as he started telling stories, he started talking about one of the times that he was in the home his daughter and his granddaughter and like that side of his family came to visit him and this was just when clocks went digital and so he had this analog like traditional like wooden carved clock that he had on his mantle in the home and they while he was out on a walk or doing whatever they as a surprise switched it out for this new digital clock because it was like all the rage and the new technology and he remembers coming back seeing that this clock was gone and freaking out yelling at them just being super mean and they left and as he now in this life is telling his mom the story she starts to cry and then she gets up and she goes into the family trunk of heirlooms and pulls out the wooden clock that they had taken off the mantle because she as the granddaughter received that clock and was like she got to keep grandpa's clock and she had the clock from the story from the other life which is how they realized that he was the great-grandfather, meaning his grandma now was his daughter then. So he would continue telling stories and tell stories to his grandmother that she had never said to another soul in her life about her dad. So she's looking at her grandson crying like, I never told anyone that my dad told me that. There's no way you can know that story. There's no way that you could possibly know about this conversation because not a living soul knows this conversation. Like, wild. So he now has the ability to go back and look through all of his family photo albums and, like, look at pictures of himself. But what's crazier, crazier still, because you can look online and be like, oh, reincarnation. It happens sometimes. He remembers the in-between. And if you want creepy crawly, 
the in-between is some cool shit. Because when he died, he went into what he calls the river of lights and says that it's just like all souls are like these little light orbs. Like it's like the sky, right? And they're all just kind of like floating. And he goes, there is no way to know how much time has passed. What he was like, I could have been there for 100 years. I could have been there for five minutes. You have no idea. And the best friends that met James in heaven. Yeah. Spirit guides. He was like, you meet your guides in heaven. You then decide like, all right, did I learn my lessons objectively? Like, did I do a good job down there? No, you sucked at it. Okay, let's go again. And you plan out your life. You figure out the lessons and the hard things you're going to have to endure. And then you back down into earth and like suck into a body and do it again. That's why when we were on your podcast and I said, I didn't choose this. And you went, did you? <laughs> didn't you those? Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I think there's so much more than what we can comprehend, right? Because like, there's just, we definitely believe that there's a creator. Hence like why we all exist. Because there's so many things that just, like the, we have to all be connected. There has to be something going on and there has to be more because we also have other instances of more where like, please tell the story of like your dad and your husband. Oh, you're now husband. This is the best. I know. It's one of my favorite stories. Okay. So once upon a time, once upon a time. So <laughs> as a little backstory, my parents were met and married in 32 days. Right. He he always had like this vision in his mind of his dream girl that he thought was a figment of his imagination until he on his honeymoon for a wedding he never had because he called off the wedding and went on the honeymoon with his best friend who was his ex fiance's brother um, on said honeymoon. So complicated. Yeah, tr play that one back real quick. So, try and figure that it's out. So crazy. It's so crazy. So he is on the honeymoon for the wedding that didn't happen um, with his best friend and on the dance floor sees the girl in his head and was like oh shit that's the girl in my head i didn't think she existed and there she is long story long they got married 32 days later this year they've been married 38 years like in like four days um they're the cutest so brooke's parents are the cutest you guys i was at a wedding with them recently and uh angie yes. brooke's mom was wearing this amazing fur coat and when asked where she got it scotty brooke's dad got it for her for their first christmas together and I was like, where's my full coat? My fur coat, Michael. 100%. They're, they're stupid cute. So I grew up around like craziness. My dad has a lot of like crazy stories of things that don't make a lot of sense that have happened. So when I was with an ex, my parents sat me down and they were like, yo, you're with the wrong guy. And I was like, oh, no, but I love him. <laughs> and so my dad at the time was like, dude, I've seen the guy you end up with. It's not this guy. And I was like, Okay, fine, Dad. If you are so smart, you tell me who the guy is. Like, come at me. And he goes, he's blonde, he has blue eyes, and he looks like a Viking. And I was like, that sounds like a made-up story. <laughs> and so I continued on in my shitty relationship for another three years until I broke up with him. And then I went on a whole healing journey and then started manifesting my soulmate, which is basically what my entire platform, like the foundation of my whole business is that thing. Um, and... As I was working on manifesting my husband at the final hour, like a week before I met him, my dad was like, you know what? If you're trying to meet a whole ass husband, could you do me a favor and also throw onto your list that he could captain my boat? And I was like, sure, dad. Top of my list. No problem. So I'm swiping around on Hinge and lo and behold is a man who lives on a yacht 
who is blonde-haired, blue-eyes, bearded, Viking. Um, I had forgotten about the conversation with my dad entirely at that point. I just swiped on him because he was super cute. And we matched on our first date. I'm pretty sure we had our wedding date picked by the second date. Like, immediately. We were like, yep, there you are. Like, my parents' full love story made sense in an instant. Like, the story I grew up hearing immediately was like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it now. All of it makes sense. Like, 32 days feels like a long time to wait to get married, so I totally get it. Um, And on the third date, I brought him to go meet my parents, which I never did because my parents are amazing, but also wild. So I always wanted to make sure that, like, the person I was with was going to stick around before I brought him into the crazy, the good crazy. And uh, brought him home. Him and my dad immediately hit it off. They're chatting. They're laughing. They're off in the front of the boat because my parents also have a boat. Laughing, laughing. Me and my mom were talking. I told her on the third date that I was going to marry him. And she looks at me and she goes, I know. Who's, what mom says that on the third date? Like, like that's such a weird response. Like your mom who, like, historically has been, like, skeptic of all of, like... 100%. Like, what? Like, what? And so my dad and my husband just really hit it off. We go to leave. Jonathan, my now husband, gives my dad a hug goodbye. And we walk off down the dock. And my dad looks at my mom, bawling. And she's like, Scotty, what's going on? And he looks at her and he goes, that was the guy from my dream. She's going to marry him. And then like a week later, he asked for my hand in marriage. And six months later, we got married. Matt. And he's so cute. I just remember like you meeting him. And then, yeah, like literally like three weeks later, you were engaged. And mm-hmm. we got married on the fourth week of yeah. meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or married, engaged, whatever. <laughs> Same thing, really. I mean, you met and married in six months, which is cuckoo. I well, no, no, no. For some people, for you though, it made perfect sense. And I always told you that, where I was like, no, no, no. You have one of the best gut gut instincts of anyone that I've ever known. Like this, so like this totally tracks. Which is also why, like, I was so surprised when you were in that toxic relationship. But I knew what I I knew. I was just dumb. I was gonna say, but you knew what you were doing because eventually, that's what you've turned into now, Mrs. Happily Ever After. Like there would be no. Mrs. Happily Ever After without that. 100%. So. And I had to go through the like down and sad of that to like crawl. You have like, I couldn't have become the person that attracted and brought Jonathan in unless I went through that. Right. I had to go through that to be like, oh, no, no, no. This is not who I like. Let's remember who we are and get back to that. But let me give you one more. We're going to just keep it going for one last little thing because this is so interesting to me. <laughs> So the theory behind like what's meant for you, you like you can't miss what's meant for right. you and don't be with the wrong one when the right one comes around kind of mentality. So when I met Jonathan within that first week, oh, yeah, I remember this. He was like, dude, I've met you before. Like, I've not met you, but I've seen you before. And I was like, no, you haven't. And he was like, no, I have. Like, I've seen you. And I was like, well, I've never seen you. So <laughs> You're like, okay. I remember if I saw you. Um, Trust and me. like, I don't know, two weeks later. He comes to the boat and he was like, I remember. I remember when I saw you. And I was like, okay. And he goes, it was three years ago. It was December, Christmas time. You were at this marina in San Diego and you were getting out of a red Corvette, which it was my car three years ago at that time. Because you had your new. Because by the time I met him, I had a different car. Yeah. So he named me in the car that I had at that time of my life at a marina that I had only been to once in my life in December on my 30th birthday for a surprise party 
And he goes, you got out of the red Corvette. And I looked at you and I thought, holy shit, that's the most beautiful person I've ever seen. And then a guy got out of the other side of the car and I didn't come up to you. And it was my ex. And it was like, holy shit. Like I was given, like the universe will throw you a bone. They'll be like, here's your chance. There's your chance. You want to take it? No? Okay, let's let's flip you back around one more time. One more time. I'll give you one more chance. Like, I, if I had gotten divorced, actually healed like everyone told me to, actually went to therapy, actually did the things, and then started dating, it is very likely that I would have been single on that day, and I would have gotten out of my car on my 30th birthday, and my love story would have been, I was a sad 30-year-old single person, and the love of my life found me on my way to my surprise party, which would have been also equally adorable in story. Right. However... Okay. It went a different way. And I still got him, so it's all right. But it happened eventually. It happened eventually. Don't be like me. Don't wait three and a half extra years. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of Mrs. Happily Ever After, is there anything you want to talk about about your TikTok or hawk your TikTok or your social oh, media? Oh, I can hawk it. Or I can hawk direct it. people to your website? All right, homies. <laughs> if you're into manifesting, if you're like, you know what? You know what I really want in my life? A whole last soulmate. Holler at me. Come over here to my side. My podcast is all manifesty. It's healy. It's like super normal and fun. I've got the Woo Women's Club over on my website, which is like a whole community of women that get to talk about this stuff. Cause you know, you know, part of, if you're listening to this podcast, you've got that like fun, spooky side and you don't want to talk about it all the time because your friends think you're kind of weird. We don't think you're weird. We got a whole community of that and we lift everybody up and we're like, oh, you want to come up here? There's room for everybody up here. Get on. Make the life you want, whatever that, I don't care what that looks like. You want a husband, you want a wife, you want your best job ever. I don't care. Whatever you want, come over here. We'll get it for you. It's super fun. That's all I got. And I'm on TikTok and it's like wild over there. I don't, I'm usually like messy bun, no makeup. So <laughs> you won't recognize me, but I'm on there. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Thank, thank you so much for joining me today, Thank you for Brooke. having me. You're the best. And thanks to Michael for this delicious kind of. <laughs> yes, we love Michael. And thanks to you, my little bats, for hanging out. Until next time, happy terrors. Next time on Cats Got Your Terror. Let's talk about something terrifying. Or, but you don't like just go from zero to seance. Two copies of his own face looking back at him. No! No, <laughs> no, no! People sometimes see a ghost of me. It can have powerful consequences. <gasps> no!